Bickley and Marotta. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley Blast. Kevin Durant has only played one game for the Suns, but you can say this much, he's come out firing. And I'm not talking about his performance in Charlotte. I'm talking about his response to Charles Barkley and all the critics who claim he'll never get full respect until he wins a championship on his own the hard way by leading his team to the summit. Durant even name-drops Scoot Henderson, a G League guard, to prove his point to illustrate what kind of teammate the critics think Durant needs to lead to finally get respect. Poor Scoot Henderson dragged into another Durant media scrum. Now, to prevent the constant sniping between an NBA legend and his critics, Rick Buecher even said Durant needs to get married, that he needs a real relationship to teach him when to fight back and when to let the little things go. It's an interesting thought, but I don't think that's what KD is looking for. I I think he likes to be the contrarian. I think he's a huge media consumer. And I think he likes the jab, jab, jabbing of his critics with the occasional left hook thrown in. And that is why I think the secret sauce in this entire mix is you, the Suns fan. The people who have already bought number 35 jerseys and the hundreds of thousands of fans ready to give a hero's welcome to Kevin Durant just for being Kevin Durant, a player who generally Here's exactly the opposite. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable. They've got two great locations, and you can find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. Well done, Bick. Thank you, Vinny. Another tremendous blast, but I also want to give you... Well, you know what? It was was the momentum of that flawless update you did right (laughs) before the blast. It It put me in a super professional lane. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> it, it, it sounded different than the last couple days. What is that? I, I don't when know. I, I'm I, trying to <laughs> let in by a different. It didn't right. start with. Hey there. Guess who it is? Uh, <laughs> guess who it is? Uh, I also want to say well done. I got a gift this morning before the show started. Mm-hmm. My man Bick gifted me mm-hmm. his latest book. Mm-hmm. Whoa! How it's done. Pe- yeah, look, <laughs> yeah, it's done. It's not, not just done, but uh, there it is. Yeah, the there people's it is. open inside the ropes at the greatest show on grass, written by Dan Bickley. Who? Dan Bickley. Who? <laughs> ben Dickley. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Thank nice you, Vinny. little inscription. Yes, yes. Uh, it looks it's, beautiful. I can't wait to dive into it. Yes, it was. A, I was a little late getting that to you. Is it? Oh, it's all right. Is this available on? Not yet. All Not the yet. wonderful places you could buy books. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Not yet. This is exciting. And you want to talk about a labor of love? Mm-hmm. This Gol- had to me be in golf. A oh, labor yeah. of love for you. Yeah. Um, I want. I want to give a big shout out to Dave Gilbertson, who uh, behind the scenes put together all those great pictures in that book. So well it, done, Gilby. It is visually stunning. Yeah, right. With the, with it's the gorgeous. Pictures, yeah. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, and we will keep you updated when uh, more yes. developments that yes. there are to share. Uh, yeah, Kevin Durant, game two of the era uh, happening tonight in Chicago against the Bulls. Jay Williams from ESPN Radio talked about what Kevin Durant can do 
for Devin Booker. There is no excuse anymore for Devin Booker not to rise to that Kobe Bryant-like level because with KD on the court, everything about the reads Devin Booker sees, the opportunities he's going to get, the playmaking ability he has. Last night, I think he had seven assists in that game as well. It just opens up the floor for Devin Booker. His life is easier because of Kevin Durant. Yeah, Jay Williams uh, bringing up a good point. You know, Obviously, the story, 1A story from Wednesday night was we finally got to see Kevin Durant play, and he played well. The story that's also very big in the outcome of that game and developmentally for the Phoenix Suns was that was Devin Booker's best game in a long time. Booker himself coming back from injury had struggled, especially shooting the three ball. I think he was three of seven from three-point range. Certainly respectable numbers, but Mm -hmm. also operated very easily on the offensive end and had 37 points. And as we get further and further away from you know, reacting to the newness of Kevin Durant, that might be the bigger story is what KD does for Devin Booker moving forward. And that's what I, that's what I love about Devin Booker. I think there's a lot of established stars in the NBA, Bic, that would see, okay, a player like Kevin Durant's coming into the fold. This is my team. You know, what about what about me over here? Mm-hmm. Devin Booker is wired the exact opposite yeah. of, of that. Yeah. And he welcomes this because, in his own words, he's been through a lot of bleep. He's seen a lot of stuff in his yeah. time from Phoenix. And this is what he envisioned the whole time he's been well, here. Well, listen, there's a, there's a hardcore nature to this duo that Kevin Durant is joining when, I, when it comes to Chris Paul and Devin Booker. There's a reason why Kevin Durant was, and I'll use the word again because you and I both heard it from different sources, why he was obsessed with coming here in the first place Mm -hmm. last summer and and that's because Chris Paul is the guy and Kevin or Devin Booker is the guy that that they don't believe in load management they they're they want to rip your heart out every single time and they're just they're not they're not goofy dudes they're hardcore basketball players And, and I think that speaks to Kevin Durant and and I think that you know you you brought up a great distinction that Kevin Durant joined joined a team in Golden State and they did some real good things together. All right, they would have been three time NBA champions had he not blown out his Achilles. Mm-hmm. This this in terms of personality might actually be even more comfortable for Kevin Durant. May not be as successful, but I think internally yes. what, what the Suns have to offer, um, the leader, the way Monty Williams leads with a, as a servant leader, gentle touch. I think Steve Kerr has, has some of that. Yes. Right? But, but I think that the GM component of James Jones, I mean, this is a contemporary of Kevin Durant. Plus, and, he, plus he's coming off of three years of misery mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. True. So he's, just the change in culture has got to feel just. He's, he's playing for an owner who made his number one priority on day one. Go get this guy. <laughs> okay? So the, everything is just lined up for Kevin Durant to look at this and go, okay, you know what? I like this place. Mm-hmm. There's something about this place. Yeah, to your point, too, on um, what, what happened when he joined Golden State, the, the biggest difference here is, and this is not a slight to the Suns and where they are as an organization right now, but the spotlight is not shining nearly as brightly. 
Kevin Durant made the decision in free agency to join a 73-win team yep. that fell short of winning a championship. Mm-hmm, that spotlight was on blast the entire time he was there. So the scrutiny was intense. And yes, because of that, there will be scrutiny forever with Kevin Durant. We acknowledge that, but it's not to the point now where that spotlight is turned all the way up in Phoenix. There's people noticing. There's people paying attention, obviously. But the Suns don't have that same expectation. Do you? Remember, I mean, Kevin Durant got there, and anything less than winning a championship for that Golden State mm-hmm. Warriors team was an absolute failure. Yeah, that is true. And I started thinking about something else. Toronto won that series. They've got a championship banner hanging up in, in their home arena. Mm-hmm. And the very, you know, the, the, the Suns went through uh, the experience of making the finals. And the naysayers all said, well, the Suns wouldn't have been there. They had an easy road to the playoffs. You know, Anthony Davis was messed up in the first round. Uh, you know, they, did, they didn't have to deal with Kawhi Leonard. You know, Jamal Murray was out. They did, tried to diminish the Western Conference championship. And maybe I'm wrong. Um, but I don't know if, if people even did that with Toronto winning a title. Because Toronto doesn't win that title if Durant doesn't get hurt. Clay no, Johnson you're right. No, hurt. you're right about that. That's a good. That's a re- those are really good points. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think it's completely different. And I think this is also why this ultimately might help Kevin Durant's legacy. Even though people like Charles Barkley and others think that this this trade to Phoenix is going is is either going to have a negative effect mm-hmm. or a neutral effect. The the way this could have a positive effect is the fact that again this franchise has never won a championship. It's been fifty five years if they get to the finish line with this thing there's a lot that comes with it there's going to be a celebration that no one's ever seen before because it's never happened right there's going to be the al mccoy element folded into it there's going to be a lot of things that is there that are going to make this feel like wow that was really meaningful what you just did because this is a team that's known nothing but heartbreak yeah it's true you can uh, text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, every year at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis, there's lots of late-night talk in the bars and restaurants of Indy. Well, those individuals have a new subject to talk about, and it might not bode well for the Arizona Cardinals. We'll get into it next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Pickley and Murata mornings. The use of the F minus is probably the thing that has got that's garnered the most conversations. Like, come on, bro! Like, F fine, but F minus? Mm-hmm. It's yeah, extremely that. interesting. Yeah. I I don't know if they've done this before. I don't remember it if they have. I think for those of us who like sort of live this life a little bit, but don't really, it's a good inkling into like what is it actually like, like inside the facility? Like, what's it actually like? And how do they treat you? How do they handle injuries? How do they handle food? Families like. Really, really interesting. Yeah. Players, more people. This took off like I'd awesome. never imagined. Oh, yeah. And it has actually gotten a lot of conversation in Indianapolis. And, you know, for those who didn't score well, like, my guess is some things will change. Everybody noticed. And I don't know what the NFLPA sort of thought it would be like, but certainly has garnered a lot more publicity than anyone imagined. And I would guess would lead to some changes. See, and Rappaport, NFL Network, appearing on the Pat McAfee Show, talking about the re, uh, release mm-hmm. of the NFLPA. PA employee survey about work conditions in the NFL and F minus. Yeah, it's not really a grade. It's more of just like a piling on of a grade. The Cardinals got several F minuses in this entire 
survey, Bick, there were over 220 grades handed out because all 32 teams were graded in several categories. There was only 14 Fs given out. The Cardinals got five of them. People talk, uh, and people, as you heard Ian Rappaport say in that quote, uh, in that soundbite, people are certainly talking about the results. I'm wondering, though, looking forward, um, you know, people are wondering, you know, how does this affect the Arizona Cardinals going into free agency in an offseason that's important with a first-year general manager and a new coaching staff? I think this is just a little bit more of a visceral reminder, but make no mistake about it. Players that are entering free agency, free agent X is mm-hmm. considering the Cardinals. You don't think he's calling up teammates or former team? Hey, you played Without in Arizona. A doubt. What, what's, a doubt. what's that like? And it, I mean, I can't say it's hampered the Cardinals in free agency. They've had, you know, several years where big name free agents have come here. So I'm wondering if if this will be much ado about nothing when it's all said and done. I, I, hell, I don't know. I, I I do think there was a time early on in the Bruce Arian Steve Kime regime when it really felt like the Cardinals had got had found something. They had they they had become this user friendly player-friendly organization, this head coach who, who could coach you hard but love you up so you, so, you, so you felt there was a real authenticity to the head coach and you felt that the organization was putting money in and everything was changing for the better to go along with all the great weather. I think that has taken a couple of steps back for a couple of different reasons and I think what you said is absolutely accurate. Everything that sort of went public with the NFL PA grades, the report cards that were issued, by the way, that stuff gets said player to player behind the scenes. Absolutely. You're right, absolutely right about that. So, you know, if a J.J. Watt was thinking of going to Arizona, he's probably going to call Larry Fitzgerald. And he's yeah. probably going to say, give, give me a heads up here. What am I getting into? So all this stuff, I think, gets tabled uh, yeah. beforehand. I, I really honestly wonder, again, this might be a little inside football, but what Possessed the NFLPA to do this? What did they want to accomplish by doing? Was it really to create a tool for free agents, or was Maybe. it, or was it to kind of clap back on an industry that so easily grades them anonymously? True. There's that. I mean, there's this whole subject of the lack of guaranteed contracts in the NFL. Maybe this is just a, a you know a veiled slap back at ownership. Hey, get your act together. To my original point, and a non-Arizona example in all of this, one of the most alarming things that came out in this survey was a rat infestation in the Jacksonville Jaguars yes. Uh, yes. facility. Um, and how does that affect them? I don't know if there's another team in football that had a better free agency period last offseason than the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that was coming off of a nightmare season where they had to pivot away from Urban Meyer. They bring in Doug Peterson. They signed so many impactful free agents that they were a playoff team this year. So, again, take it for what it's worth. And uh, I hope it does lead to improvement and change. You want to get on par with your competitors. I think it will. Absolutely. I I think this was, uh, especially if they're going to do this every year. You don't don't want any F-minuses next year if you're the Arizona Cardinals. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like a restaurant. You get get written up for, for a health violation. You better get better. Guess what? 
there's not going to be another health that's violation. Right. They're going right. to shut your doors. That's right. And speaking of health violations, I say, I, I really I, I think this is this report card that was assigned to the Cardinals looks really bad, and in places it is really bad, in my opinion. In places it's also a little overblown. But as you pointed out yesterday, the idea of not having a daycare, a designated daycare facility, that doesn't matter to me. But if you're a free agent coming from Buffalo, it might. If you're a single dad playing in Buffalo, you might. And if it's one team in the league that's offering that, you might say, well, do we really want to go down that road? But it's 21 teams right. that offer right. that amenity right. to their players. That's right. Um, so, but, but I think that if, but if you're talking about having rats in the facility... That's something that I don't care. You you don't have to be a single parent. You don't have to need daycare to to not want rats in your workplace. <laughs> You're so picky. What a diva you are, Dan. Well, no listen, rats. Listen, let me. Can I tell you a rat story real quick? Uh, during the Beijing Olympics of what year was that? Two thousand and eight. There was a little bar that was right across the street from the basketball arena. So after we would cover Team USA playing basketball games, many media people would go over to this little bar across the street. And all night long, you would hear clap, 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 and people would wonder, what is that? Uh, Later, near the end of it all, we found out those were rat traps in the building. Rats. (laughs) They got rats. Yes, they do. Yeah, we never saw the rats, though, Jared. We were fearful they ended up in the soup. Oh, you ever have rats? Rat soup. You ever have rat soup, Jared? No. Oh, I don't oh, know. It's as long as it's stirred, he's okay with it. What a, <laughs> oh, what's dirty. that? There's a, a word for rat meat. I can't remember now. Atrial or vitriol. I look it up. Not vitriol. No. That's what you get from I me. believe it's tendril. It's, it's tendril. <laughs> so, okay, uh, to dial this back to the Cardinals on this report card, I, I do think that this is, it, it's it's an embarrassment. It's certainly something where it, it, they better they better address this idea of making Dudes pay for food because even if even if the Cardinals you know have a bunch of Jared Carlins and not to pick on you bring this up again but the guys that will hang around because they know free food's coming right Jared's that guy he's gonna hang around he's to free pr- food but coming. he's proudly that guy. he's proudly that guy <laughs> you gotta be that I've guy. asked Jared what his favorite kind of food is and he's so answered free, free. Food. yeah the yeah. free food right yeah. I and, and let's be honest Vinny and I have never ever seen you happier ever no than when free when free oh, food yeah. arrives. It, it is peak Jarrett it, it is happy. pure giddiness. Yeah, it's euphoria. It's you best. know the old Jarrett saying, if it's free, I'll take 23. <laughs> yes. That's uh, Jeff Munn's saying is, if it's free, it's for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, and MJ used to say, if it's free, I'll take three. You'll want 23, Ferret, is what you want. So I, I do think that, yeah, I think there's some elements to this that the Cardinals better be wary of. And, again, it, 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 it would do nothing. To, to re-floor the weight room. I'm sure I'm sure that's probably, that might already be being done this weekend. Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, it goes, th- these organizations are, you know, very adept at, at making changes, making improvements. And I'm talking about from a football standpoint, I mean, the statistics, you go to ESPN.com or NFL.com and you look at team statistics and how they rank among 32 teams. And if you're really bad in those rankings, what are you going to do? You're going to work to fix that issue. We couldn't stop the run. We're going to draft a defensive tackle. See how it works? Oh, yeah. All right, so yeah. you get a rating yeah. that uh, you know your workout facility is not great. Make it better. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Especially if this is going to become a yearly thing. Because I'll, I'll guarantee you this, the next year release of that report card, it's going to come with some advanced hype. 
Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know if they'll do it again. Ooh. This one, I mean, I didn't Ooh. I didn't know this had been conducted. A bargaining and when, chip. And when those, when those results were released, it was like, where did this come from? I've never seen this I before. I totally agree with this you. This is a content gold mine. <laughs> Unless you're the Cardinals. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, can you guys stop? We're, t- we're trying to turn the page over here. <laughs> How do you think the re- reaction was in Washington, D.C. about the commanders? Like, yeah, right. this, we're this not makes, last! This makes oh, perfect, yeah. this makes perfect well, sense. Well, it does. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, Want to remind you that uh, you can win lower-level tickets to see Kevin Durant's first home game as a son. Just text KD to 620-620. Enter for your chance to win lower-level tickets to see the Suns play the Thunder on March 8th and two. Kevin Durant jerseys. That's KD to 620-620. On your phone, you got to type it, uh, you know, that autocorrect thing might want to turn it into something else. So make sure it says KD before you hit send. Coming up next, speaking of KD, Vincent Goodwill of Yahoo Sports sat down with uh, Kevin Durant, had an interesting piece on the player, and we'll talk about it uh, with Vincent Goodwill next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Marotta Mornings. Oh, the Valley, the NBA, fascinated with the addition of Kevin Durant to the uh, Phoenix Suns. We'll see game two of Durant with his new team tonight in Chicago. Here to talk about all things Kevin Durant. Wrote a great piece on uh, KD on Yahoo Sports. Vincent Goodwill joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Vincent, thanks for uh, joining us today. We appreciate it. Hey, no problem. And, and, you know, your dealings with Kevin Durant and putting this piece together for Yahoo Sports, how much did you just sense maybe a relief from Kevin Durant? Not that he's in Phoenix, but maybe just rid of all the, all the you know, constant criticism and, and spotlight that was on him in the situation in Brooklyn. I don't think that the criticism is going to stop, <laughs> you know, just because he's gone from Brooklyn. I think it's just going to be a different level of expectation. And I think he senses that, too. I don't think that he is overwhelmed or burdened by it. I think for him, the biggest thing was that, okay, hey, whatever this is, it's over. You know, with the Brooklyn Nets. You know what I mean? I don't Mm -hmm. think that he so much wanted to go as much as it was, okay, Kyrie isn't here. What is the future going to be? I don't want to be left here alone. This was not what I envisioned. So let me pivot and go back to my original plan from over the summer, which was to get out of here because I didn't see a future and that sort of thing. But I think there's a sense of feeling a little more rejuvenated, I think, both of body and mind, especially when you consider he's going to be playing with a Devin Booker who's Mm -hmm. going to be available. And then you're playing with a guy like Chris Paul who's a table setter. And more importantly, I think a guy like Monty Williams is someone that he trusts back from their days at USA Basketball in the one year in Oklahoma City, someone who's not going to put the burden of leading on him. Monty saying, look, that's, that's not what he has to do. That's what I'm here for. I think it's a lot of those factors that lead to more just him recharging his batteries more so than a relief that the Brooklyn thing is over. Yeah, that's very well said, and, and I agree with everything you just said. I, I, I don't think the criticism is going to stop, but I think the environment he is in might be might be the best that he's had yet, and it might it might deeply impact him in a good way. I'm curious about the legacy play here. The fact that the Suns have never won a championship and the fact that the Suns have had a real up-and-down, weird kind of 
last season pre-Kevin Durant. Is there a plus when it comes to legacy if this, if he can be the guy that brings the Suns' first championship? You know what? Maybe I'm the wrong guy to ask this because I always thought legacy was what you leave behind. Mm-hmm. I feel like what we say when we say legacy, we really mean reputation. Yeah. So yeah. I think his reputation is going to be positively impacted if he gets the Suns to the finals or if he gets the Suns to the championship. Absolutely. And I don't think the Suns, even though they haven't won a championship, I don't think the Suns are one of these nondescript franchises. They've gone to the finals before, even before, you know, 2011, even, you know what I mean, like even before 93. But they've been a marquee sort of franchise that people have come to know and to have kind of a signature. Even before Barkley, you know, got there with Kevin Johnson and Dan Marley and some of those other teams, there is a sort of recognition and a sweat equity on the NBA map that the Suns have had. Now, with Kevin, yeah, any championship that's not with the Golden State Warriors is going to count for a little more. I actually think that's unfair to Kevin Durant because the Warriors don't win those championships, in my opinion, without him. But people think that he joined a 73-win team and made them completely unbeatable when you can make the argument that any team Kevin Durant joined could very well be unbeatable. And if Phoenix were a little deeper, guys, I would call this team unbeatable. But nobody would say that this team is a super team. It just speaks to how great Kevin Durant is. And he's probably the most amenable superstar that we have in the league where he fits in everywhere. Mm And it makes it look so easy that it almost feels like he operates outside of a team construct when he's just that great. Vincent Goodwill from Yahoo Sports, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. And Vincent, you kind of you kind of hinted at it there, but a lot of people are trying to diagnose where is the Suns' place now in the pecking order in the West. And we've only got like 27 minutes of proof of Kevin Durant on the floor, but <laughs> things looked real good when you look at the Suns moving forward and, and what they could run into in the West. How, how do you shape up their chances? Well, I feel like this. The, the sports fan in me is uh, yearning, is, has my mouth watered for a seven-game series between the Suns and the Champs, no matter where I can get it, right? <laughs> if it's in the first round, uh-huh. I'll take it there. If it's in the conference finals in, in May and June, I'll take it there, right? But I think as, as far as the Suns' prospects, there's no team that they should fear. Right, not even Denver, who was you know far away, been the most consistent team in the Western Conference. Certainly not Memphis. I think every team in the West has a fatal flaw that can prove to be their undoing. Even Phoenix yeah. has a fatal flaw that can prove to be their undoing. Nobody fears anyone, and no one is feared by anyone. And so I think a lot of times it's going to come down to a little bit of luck, matchups, and for me who's the best player on the floor in a game six or seven? If you have a Kevin Durant, if you have a Steph Curry, if you have a perhaps a Nikola Jokic, that gives you a leg up in series. Now, when those nuclear weapons clash, that's where things really get fun. So I do think that for the Suns, how well is Chris Paul going to hold up in a seven-game series? Can he hold up for four rounds or at least three? to get to the finals. Can he stay healthy enough? You're talking about a man that's going to turn 38 in May. We saw what happened after game two of that series against Dallas. It's almost like his tank went on E. And he played a brilliant game two against the Dallas Mavericks. And you thought, man, he found the following the youth. And then we discovered that Father Time is undefeated. So I wonder how much 
Chris Paul is going to be dependent upon and how much energy he's going to be able to conserve. And if he's able to do that, then that gives the Suns, to me, a much better chance because I feel like I know what I'll get out of Booker and out of Kevin Durant and even out of DeAndre Ayton. I think you're right on the money about a lot of stuff. Your insight's really, really sharp here, Vincent. So let me ask you this. Uh, from what you know of Kevin Durant, what, what do Suns fans not know about him? Is he misunderstood to a level? Is his reputation misportrayed in, in, in certain ways? What are we about to learn about Kevin Durant that maybe the national media gets wrong? I, I don't think we necessarily get anything wrong. I think some things are magnified that don't need to be. I think we all know that he's a hoops junkie. Right, like he was at a high school game in Charlotte uh, the night before his debut, watching Nazi Muhammad's kid because you know he and Nazi Muhammad are close, and he follows the prep scene as closely as anyone. Like he's someone who watches basketball when he's not playing it. Mm-hmm. How many times? I don't know if you guys have been around guys. There's been so many guys who play basketball because they're good at it, not because they love it. And I think Kevin Durant is one of those guys who genuinely loves the game. Now, yeah, can he get? involved in some some Twitter back and forth and pay a little bit too much attention to things that don't warrant his attention sometimes? Sure. But I think he has as pure heart in terms of a basketball sense as anybody. And if Phoenix Suns fans don't know that, they'll be pleasantly surprised. And I put it like this. I think he'll have a positive effect on someone like Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. And I think Devin Booker has been as professional and as basketball dedicated and focused as anyone could ever expect. But I think he takes up to another level being around someone who's a savant like Kevin Durant. So I think when Kevin Durant is at, at a place, I think he is fully indoctrinated. Like he's been, this is his fourth team. And if someone thinks of him as a Oklahoma City Thunder, they wouldn't be wrong. If someone thinks of him as a champion Golden State Warrior, they wouldn't be wrong. And if someone thinks of him as the singular force that he was that could not put everything together in Brooklyn, first and foremost, they wouldn't be wrong. So all of those things, based off of those first impressions, I don't think that if someone were to think of him as a Phoenix Sun by the end of this, that they would be wrong. Yeah, Vincent, great stuff. Thanks so much for uh, joining us and really enjoyed the piece on Yahoo Sports. Thank you again. I appreciate you guys. Thank you, Vincent Goodwill. Yahoo Sports, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Coming up next, Combine rolling on. We'll get a look at some quarterbacks tomorrow in Indianapolis. Uh, but there's other news items to talk to coming out of Indy. We'll get into some of them next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. <laughs> He was booked last night at 11.33, posted bond at 11.49 in Athens, Georgia, and was back in Indianapolis at the Combine this morning. And he was back to answer the questions of teams. And there are more questions right now than there are answers. And every team knows that if it's going to be investing the top pick that it will take to get Jalen Carter, that they're going to want more information about this incident in the weeks leading up to the NFL draft. He'll start answering those questions to teams this week, which is why he came back and have to answer all the way up 
to the NFL draft. And there'll be questions that go beyond the events of January 15th, which clearly is the most tragic of the events here. But obviously teams have questions now. And when you're looking at investing a top pick like that, you're going to want to have as much information as you can possibly get. It's Adam Schefter, ESPN, on Jalen Carter, the Georgia defensive tackle, whom many have rated as the top overall prospect in this draft. We heard the story that broke. He had to go back to Athens to face uh, misdemeanor charges on reckless driving and racing uh, events that led to the death of a uh, former teammate of his and a a member of the Georgia recruiting staff. And um, it, it, it sounds almost flippant to say it, and I hate to say it this way, but this is where we are in the process. It was what came out in in terms of these allegations, Bick, a horrible, horrible look for Jalen Carter. It might mm-hmm. turn into something more. He is, you know, vowed to ex- his name will be exonerated. I think in the grand scheme of things, Jalen Carter made the right decision to go back to Indianapolis. And even if he doesn't step foot on the turf at Lucas Oil Field, he's got to face the music and answer some questions that teams are going to have about this this situation. Because it's it's not going to to go away. I I don't know, and maybe I'm wrong about this, I don't know what criminal liability he would face, if any. Okay, So you choose to race, and one party ends up dying because you are racing at 2.30 in the morning in the yes. middle of Georgia. Yes. Okay. That's real bad decision making on both sides, but are you an accessory? Are you an accomplice because one party died? I don't think so, but I, it's not yeah. going away because that person is not coming back. But the potential, I mean, of, of leaving the scene of an accident? That's bad, yes. I mean, that's and, a crime. Well, right. That is true. That is very, very true. Um, and and, then and again, not just then any, again, uh, he's, yeah, uh, again, I don't know what his defense is going to be. Uh, I would I would really doubt that, that he's going to serve jail time or anything like that, but I do think that he's going to pay for this in his draft status mm-hmm. because there are, there are some stupid things you can do that maybe you can explain away, but there are some stuff you can't explain away. That is true. And this is one of them, right? No, two, two, two individuals that you know and had a relationship with and you witnessed a, a crash of that magnitude yeah. and decided mm-hmm. to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll keep you updated on yep. that situation. Another situation that could be brewing, and we always talk about this elevation of quarterbacks in this process, starting with the combine into interviews, then into pro days. Mock drafts might look a lot different at the quarterback position in April than they do right now. The Chicago Bears have the number one overall pick. Um, you know, they're open to trading that pick, but there seems to be some doubt of whether or not they are fully invested in Justin Fields moving forward. They could ostensibly draft another quarterback. Uh, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, maybe an Anthony Richardson could be one of those guys to, to, to rise. Will Levis of Kentucky, also a top quarterback. Mike Tannenbaum is kind of going down that road from ESPN. And he has this to say about Bryce Young as opposed to Justin Fields. I just think Bryce Young is, has a chance to be spectacular. You know, I, I think he's clearly going to be the better quarterback than Justin Fields long-term. Justin Fields has a chance to be really good. You know, I'm concerned by his turnover proclivities. He has 140 sacks, turnovers, and interceptions in two years, only playing 27 out of 34 games. Um, Bryce Young is small. You know, there's definitely concerns about him as well. But over time, you know, to me, the better quarterback is going to be uh, Bryce Young. I think there's a lot of philosophy that goes into this decision by the Bears, too, if it's indeed a decision. 
Justin Fields was the bright spot for the Chicago Bears last mm-hmm. year. He ran for over a thousand yards. You know, the throwing numbers not great, despite him having gaudy numbers at Ohio State as a mm-hmm. passing quarterback. But I, I just wonder philosophically if the Bears playing where they play right now, and that's still Soldier Field, if they're ever going to need to rely on a passing quarterback. It's a tough place to play quarterback. In their history, they're one of the oldest franchises. They've never had a marquee franchise passing quarterback. And I, I, I don't know if Bryce Young is is the guy that would fit that bill for them when you talk about the conditions that the Bears have to play in. Justin Fields might be the right guy moving forward. Yeah, uh, and again, I think that a uh, couple things about that. If you're, if you're making a decision on a quarterback based solely on the weather, I'm not sure that's the way to do it, but I do think there is a factor. You yes. do have to have a strong-arm quarterback to win in Buffalo, win in Chicago, win in Cleveland, um, anywhere on the great Lakes that plays outdoors, you're going to need that. Um, I, I don't understand this presumption that Bryce Young is going to be better long term than Justin Fields. Uh, I do think that the criticism of Justin Fields is accurate that he is he is committed a lot of turnovers and those numbers are not good. The ball security is not good, but he has also been thrown in at a very young age and asked to do everything. Uh-huh. And you're going to get if you're a quarterback and you've been asked that, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. I just I think it's a little I think it's a little silly to assume that because Bryce Young has got size concerns. Yeah, I mean 6 foot 185? Mhm. That's not I mean that's not a big strapping quarterback. No. And we've kind of peeled that back to the Kyler Murray example, and Kyler Murray was the the anomaly. Hey, he's five foot ten, but who cares? He's dynamic. He's brilliant. We're going to take him number one overall. I think four years later, there there might be. I don't know how how much doubt the Cardinals organization has right now, or regret, maybe mm-hmm. a stronger word. Um, but it's certainly something that's on the radar now. And we've talked about Kyler Murray maybe being a cautionary tale for these smaller quarterbacks like Bryce Young mm-hmm. going forward because of the way Kyler Murray no has doubt. played the quarterback position. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no doubt about that because because I think that um, as much as Drew Brees and Russell Wilson opened a window for Kyler Murray, I think Kyler Murray's up and down nature and the value per contract. I think they're they're warning signs. Yeah, cautionary tales, better mm-hmm. way of putting it, yeah. for other teams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, what is important about the Combine? You know, we got a lot of players, top prospects, ducking out of the workouts. Obviously, there's still value in, in going to meet with teams and, and being on the scene there. Dan Campbell, the head coach of the Detroit Lions, certainly believes the interviews are the more important part. To me, it's more, at this point, just to be able to sit with these guys. You know, obviously, they get the medical during the week, but for us to be able to do these formal interviews or informal is, to me, the biggest part of all this. It's not even the working out portion. Like, to me, you grade them off the tape. You don't grade off somebody out here in pajamas running around on 40 with no defender around or offender. Um, so, um, but the meetings are great. You know, the meetings are really pivotal. So, all the other stuff, whatever, just tell me when to show up. We'll get it done. So. See, there, there, there's one thing that I would love to get behind the scenes access to. Mm-hmm. And it would be like a reality show for NFL prospects. 
and you know open the doors to these interviews. We always hear about it afterwards when when a team or teams ask prospects weird questions that that usually comes out. They, they asked me about my my mom uh, and her high school the j- after school job and things like that. Yeah. You always hear that weird stuff, but I agree with Dan Campbell. The workout stuff is nice to put metrics on it and and attach numbers to these guys, but it's not even football. It, it's, no, it's, it's not. The it's in, not. The, the interview it's, portion is way more important. It, yes, <laughs> yes. And, and again, this is this is the the crazy thing that that instead of focusing on what really determines whether a college player integrates and makes a successful leap to the NFL, more often than not, it's not that stuff that they're measuring. It's not milliseconds in a 40-yard dash. Mm-mm. It's not inches on a vertical leap. It's none of that stuff. And and the hyperfixation on the minutia for what it provides, I don't, I don't think that that's a winning equation for the NFL. No. I'd never have. And the fact that they put every position group through the same you know, measurable workouts. Yeah. Watching a 350-pound offensive lineman run a 40-yard dash is almost cruel. Yes, it's right. It's almost fat shaming, right? And the wrong you're like, come on, let the guy have a donut. He's not supposed to run fast. No, you have a what guy- is an offensive lineman going to run forty yards? Yeah, he's not going to track down a defender no. who's going the other way on a pick six. And if and and if you've got and if you've got an offensive lineman running forty yards to catch a defender, then your problem's much bigger than that offensive lineman. That is true. Uh, you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Also want to remind you, you can win lower-level tickets to see Kevin Durant's first home game as a son. Just text KD to 620-620. Enter for your chance to win lower-level tickets to see the Suns play the Thunder on March 8th and two Kevin Durant jerseys. That's KD to 620-620. Coming up next, 9 o'clock is right around the corner. We'll hit some social studies. Jarrett Carlin will take us through it next. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.